This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. I'm Jody Vanson for Simi Sarah. You heard liberal, liberal MLA Ellis Ross there from our chat last week when I was in on the Linda Steele show. He was rather passionate, to say the least, that protesters actually have it all wrong. Protest potable drinking water for all. Protest against the, the number of suicides happening in, for, with regard to First Nations peoples. Uh, speaking of frustrated, many people calling for authorities to step in as protests are rising to new levels both here locally and across the country. Those who feel passionately that they must stand with Wet'suwet'en, continue their mission, however. And if you watched the viral clips from the B.C. legislature protest last week, you likely saw footage of our next guest. She is uh, rather famous for holding a feather in the path of those who might try and stop her activist message. Chrissy Brett is on the line with us. Uh, Chrissy, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. And you're actually joining us from Oppenheimer Park today. Correct. So you were at the B.C. legislature for the speech from the throne protests that were happening there. Can you take us back to that day and give us an idea of what drew you to be at the B.C. legislature and what you experienced there? Um, My support was for the Indigenous youth who were standing out to a government who is bullying Indigenous people all across the province and all across this country. And so I was supporting some youth, um, some who were related to my children and my family, and my support of our elders who were there supporting our youth, one who occupied John Horgan's office outside for months, calling for conversations about our wild salmon and the fish farms that are currently occupying her territory and putting our salmon at risk. Um, Chrissy, for our listeners' sake, can you give a little bit, you said supporting my family, can you give our listeners some context to who, because some might just say, oh, I know that, that's Feather Girl, or, you know, Chrissy Brett, I've seen her speaking at Oppenheimer Park at the camp there. Can you give uh, our listener an idea of of who you are? What is your background? um, I am Newark. I was passed. Um, from the mother who gifted me with life to the mother of my heart through the 60s scoop where the province erased my cultural and First Nations identity for 19 years until I had to apply to become recognized as an Indigenous person again here in Canada. So my colour and my status didn't change over those 19 years. So I've got... The family um, that gifted me with life, who was Newark. I am kin to the English, the Scottish, and the Welsh. And I grew up in and out of foster care. So I have foster siblings from all over Turtle Island who were failed by a government who was supposed to be there to protect them. So when you're protesting and you're looking for reconciliation, you're looking for truth and reconciliation uh, and, and a voice as well as a seat at the table, I'm, I'm imagining. What is, if you consolidate all, everything from, from fish farms to potable water to pipelines uh, and, and the 60s scoop, can you, can you define it down to what would actually move this meter in a direction that would give you some relief and satisfaction in that your voice is being heard? I think the government needs to start putting action into their words of talking about reconciliation 
I mean, they're just words on a piece of paper. So what does it look like? And pardon my naive take, because I really do want to understand and and hear it. What does action look like? What does it, what can they physically do? Well, when we look at the Aboriginal child welfare process, um, our non-Indigenous politicians and our Indigenous leaders back in 2002 signed a Swatson Accord that would transfer 1% of the Aboriginal service delivery dollars into 40% of the service delivery dollars going to Aboriginal services because they recognized 40% of the kids in care were Indigenous at the time. Our leaders, our Indigenous leaders, withdrew their support in 2008 from Aboriginal authorities the day before it was introduced into the legislation and wanted more consultation. And now we have 66% of the kids in care who are Indigenous and we still don't have that equal funding formula to support our Indigenous families who are falling apart. So Chrissy, why did the Aboriginal leaders pull out of that just before it went into action? That would be something that you would have to ask them. Okay. I've asked them continuously. It's a good question. I think that at the end of the day, our government continuously uses that as a way to not move forward. But we've talked to lobbyists who have suggested more student funding formula so that parents who lose their children into a supportive system that they would direct where their children's dollars would go until they became a continuing custody ward of the province. And that would allow for the children to either remain in the home and parents leave if it's that serious or have a whole bunch of different options available to them. Right now, if your status, all of the of where your kids go is through conversation with a Department of Indian Affairs chief and council that have sometimes absolutely no contact with their urban relatives who have been lost through residential schools, the 60s kids in the current child welfare system. So quite often they're not a large participant in our urban children that are being lost. You look at Paige's story. An Indigenous child who just stays after aging out died in the downtown inside. That's a tragic story, there's no doubt. We're with Chrissy Brett, uh, who is an activist, a pro- protester who you might recognize, a girl with a feather, um, who has been at numerous protests or- around the city and-, and BC for that matter, over the BC legislature, but often uh, you can be found at Oppenheimer Park uh, advocating on behalf of those who are camping for affordable housing um, and, and, and appropriately spaced housing there. So it seems to me, with what I'm hearing from you here, because we've talked very little about pipelines or coastal gas link or what Soatan um, uh, lands, this is about so much more. Do you think that this is a pivotal moment in Canada as a country when it comes to truth and reconciliation? I think it is. I mean, I think the discussions of the connections with people that are lost on the downtown east side and the man camps that exploit our young Indigenous women. I mean, I grew up in Prince George in Dawson Creek and had foster siblings who were servicing man camps at the age of 13. So we do have major concerns around nobody listening to the risks that are brought in by 
government and industry is not only destroying our land, but destroying our people. Easier to and turn a blind eye. Can I ask you, I'm up against the clock a bit here, and I want to get this one more question in, because from a protester, from an activist standpoint, do you think that going to Premier John Horgan's private home is crossing a line and going too far? When he is going into British Columbians' private land every single day and there's no discussion about how horrific that is, when he's sending in militant police that are holding guns and looking at our peaceful protectors, I mean, really, who is the violent one here? That sounds like two wrongs don't make a right. I'm saying that he's been asked to come to a table many different times. When I don't answer my phone, sometimes people show up at my house and say, let's have a conversation. I think asking and demanding that people be at a table to have a conversation rather than continuously ignoring people and their rights to have a conversation with those elected leaders. I'm actually That's very, I got to say, I'm, had, I'm very surprised by your answer. When we were in the Meekins Nation and we moved and paid for campsites in Goldstream Park, John Horgan said that homeless people don't belong in his jurisdiction. I'd like to hear that so quote. Are you, I, you know what, Chrissy, I don't, I don't have time to take this down yet another path, but I would like to have you on as a guest again to further discuss this. Clearly, we need an hour, not a 15-minute window here. But I do appreciate your passion and your availability to get your message across. So I thank you for that. You could look at the Colwood Neighborhood Community Association for that quote, and it was on the Neighborhood Association's um, Facebook page okay. where John Horgan had said that. Thank you very much, Chrissy. Thank you. That's Chrissy Brett. She is an activist. She's a protester. She's very passionate about what she believes in, but I'm very surprised to hear her say that, yeah, you did it to us. We're doing it to you. We're showing up at your house. I, I'm making the assumption that protesters see that crossing a line is going to a private home a- anywhere as they wouldn't want anyone to come to their home.